What's going on, everybody? And happy Thursday. Welcome into Bet to Win. I'm your host, Joe Fan, here at the Blue Wire Studios in Win Las Vegas. Hope everyone's having a great week. Had a good week. Won some bets. Went and watched a movie. That was probably the low light of the week. Went and saw Morbius. Horrific movie. It was, I, I was shocked at how bad it was. I'm a pretty easygoing movie guy. Like, if it's some action, some comedy, it's like, all right, it killed some time. But on at Suncoast on Tuesdays, uh, pro tip, movies are like six bucks. And I feel like normally movie tickets are like $12, $13. So it's like, it's cheap entertainment. I don't have a lot to do tonight. So I'll go watch a movie. Sauntered over. Me, myself, and I, I was like, I, I'm not really excited to see this movie. The previews don't look good, but I see all the Marvel movies. And so I'll see this one. Um, I was ignorant to the fact, and it does make me feel a little better. This wasn't a Marvel Studios movie. It was Sony. But, oh, my God, it was so dumb. It was predictable. It was just stupid, comprehensively, plot holes everywhere. Like, at least Venom, even one and two, like, dumb movies. But you're like, yeah, that was kind of fun. Tom Hardy's fun. The character of Venom's kind of fun. Good movie? No, but fun enough. And I'm not sure if Jared Leto is just a bad actor or he just has a terrible decision-making process when it comes to taking roles because this ain't, this wasn't it. So if you haven't seen Morbius and you're like me, we are like, I, out of just loyalty, you see any movie with a Marvel character in it, just punt on this one. Enjoy the season of uh, Moon Knight on Disney Plus and wait for it to come out on demand or on Netflix at some point and you can watch it then because you are missing... Zero things. Not missing that. Was cool though. I got out of the movie and uh, in the sports book, I went and sat down, had a drink, and watched the end of Wolves Clippers. And what a game that was! The Wolves down ten, come back, huge games from D'Angelo Russell, uh, Patrick Beverly with a clutch steal down the stretch, um, and then why can't I think of the star players? And Anthony Edwards, Ant Man, who was a superstar. Carl Anthony Towns fouls out with like eleven points. You know, five minutes left in this game. He was a total non-factor, but those guards carried the Wolves. A really fun game, packed arena, Target Center, and they win. And they the celebration was big. But I just want all of the act like you've been there before crowd to get the hell out of here. Like we went a full year plus without playoff atmospheres. It was we were in a damn bubble, sterile with with fans at home, like on like screens, and it was just so silly. But it, it's what you had to do to finish the season. I get it. But now that it's back, we're really going to like chastise a fan base for going nuts after you know a really fun game for a team that hasn't really been there before. I mean, this team has made one, but made the playoffs one time since 03-04. So I get the TNT crew having their fun, and they are funny. That's fine. But uh, let let the boys have their fun. Let those fans have their fun because it was rocking. There's nothing like a playoff atmosphere in sports. And I love the pack, uh, love a packed arena going crazy. That's a fun Wolves team. Easy to cheer for. I don't think they beat the Grizzlies, but they're talented enough, deep enough, and versatile enough to just be annoying. So that was a fun game. Fun Tuesday night. Uh, also have a victory lap to take from Monday night. The Blue Jays' first five money line against the New York Yankees that cashed with ease on Monday. Blue Jays have been a profitable team. I lost one game, but then also won two out of three against New York. Um, anytime you can get a really good team of plus money, it's just sort of like an auto bet for me. 
Um, and so far, the Blue Jays have been maybe my new Middle Tennessee State here, where I just bet the Blue Jays and then just feel like I'm going to come out on top. Um, because the the Raiders, the Blue Raiders, uh, whoa, that connection's just coming to me. Middle Tennessee State, Blue Raiders, Toronto, Blue Jays. It all makes sense. I've also tried to to beg the Mariners to win a freaking baseball game by betting them. I bet against them twice, um, emo hedging them, saying, you know what? I'll pay for a win because they need one right now. Won both of those bets. And I said, okay, I'll change the vibes. I'll bet on the Mariners. Plus money, Robbie Ray's on the bump, reigning Cy Young winner. No. They lost that game too on Wednesday. So I'm just staying away from the Mariners for the time being, but it's been a, a bad vibes in Seattle to start the baseball season. They played every game in like 30 degree weather. So very indicative, nice metaphor for how this for the first week of the Mariners season has gone. Um, let's get to a quick NFL headline before bringing in our guest, Jordan Liggins, to talk about uh, the NBA playoffs and preview the first round. But that's Derek Carr here in Las Vegas, three-year, $121.5 million extension, keeping him in Sin City through 2025. The deal in, includes a full no-trade clause and keeps his 2022 base salary at an affordable $19.87 million. This new money of over $40 million per year makes him the fifth highest QB among all NFL quarterbacks. I think people hear that and probably freak out. That doesn't mean he's the fifth best quarterback uh, in football. It just means he's getting paid right now. And that's how it works. Every quarterback gets paid more than a number of quarterbacks who are better than him. But that's how it works. And all those quarterbacks would want it to be this way. I mean, if you're a quarterback looking to get paid down the road, you know, if you're Justin Herbert, now he's already going to be bigger than that. But you get my point. I mean, you want Derek Carr to make as much as possible because then you can say, well, there's what Derek Carr makes. I'm this much better than Derek Carr. So that makes it an easy argument for you and your agent. Um, Derek Carr had a big season last year, 4,800 passing yards, a new career high, 23 touchdowns, but also 14 interceptions. Uh, I, I, I'm, happy, I'm happy for Derek Carr. I think you could do so much worse than Derek Carr. I used to be a, a hater of him, uh, not a hater like of him as a person, but as a quarterback. Um, I didn't believe in him. He proved me wrong in a lot of ways in 2021. I think you saw the clutch factor. Uh, to me, he's like a Jimmy Garoppolo with more upside. And you saw the deep ball develop tremendously. You saw him carry a team to the playoffs despite Darren Waller being hurt for almost the entire second half of the season. And Henry Ruggs, obviously in that tragic incident uh, with the car accident killing the young lady, obviously off the team after that happens, his easily his biggest deep, his best deep threat. His, so his two best pass catchers, and then Hunter Renfro would be third. I mean, he revived the career of Zay Jones. Brian Edwards was tremendous down the stretch. Derek Carr earned a ton of respect from me last season, not to mention the John Gruden thing. So good for him getting paid. I think the Raiders in a loaded division, I still don't know where they fit in. Certainly not at the top, you would think, but they've been interesting. They've, they've been paying some money this year, getting Chandler Jones, three years, $52.5 million. They signed Max Crosby to a big four-year extension worth $94 million. And then obviously the trade and subsequent extension for Devontae Adams, four years at $141 plus million. Good for Derek Carr. The man gets paid. Uh, let's get to the NBA playoffs. Current Eastern Conference odds, Bucks at plus 200, Nets at plus 380. The Celtics and Sixers are at plus 400. And then the Heat, are at four and a half to one in the Western Conference, the Suns at even money with the Warriors and Grizzlies at five to one, Jazz at nine to one, and Nuggets and Mavs 
at 12 to 1. Championship odds are at Suns at two and a half to one, Bucks at five to one, Nets at six to one, Warriors at nine to one, Celtics, Heat, and Sixers are at 10 to one, and the Grizzlies at 14 to one. Some notable lines there. I'll go through my four futures. I have the Warriors at nine to one. I I just wanted to get in on them because I feel like if they're going to get healthy, Steph's going to come back. There's too much experience on this team. They're too well coached. And I do think they have sneaky depth, um, both in the role players outside of their stars um, in the starting lineup, um, but then also on the bench. I also have the Grizzlies at plus 2,200. So huge value there for me, given where they're at now. Um, and then uh, they're at plus 1,400 now. The Sixers at plus 1,200, which hasn't moved since the trade because they've been so average, even with James Harden. And betting on James Harden and Doc Rivers in the playoffs seems so silly. And then the one I'm I'm personally most proud of is like a silly thing, like being proud of like good value in a future is just, is dumb unless it cashes. But I have the Celtics at 25 to one. And again, they're all the way down to 10 to one. So huge value there. They also now play the Nets in the first round and are without Robert Williams, at least to open the series. And I want to bring on our guest, and I, I'm psyched to talk to Jordan Liggins, the co-host of the Spinsters podcast on the Blue Wire Network, host for Nike's Jumpman and the Jordan brand. You can follow her on Twitter at underscore Jordan Liggins. That's L-I-G-O-N-S. Jordan, how are you? Thank you so much for your time. I can't wait to talk some hoops. I'm great. Yes, I'm so excited to talk basketball. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, the bracket is set apart from the two teams who will have the honor of losing to the Suns or the Heat in the first round. That, of course, the Pelicans and the Clippers <laughs> and the Hawks and Cavs. They will play on Friday. But for the other six series that are set, I want to go through maybe series by series, get your thoughts, talk about a couple of the biggest storylines and see maybe how we figure this first round might go. Let's start in the East with the fourth seed Sixers. Uh, they're minus 190 to win the series against the Raptors. We're at plus 155. The Raptors are one of the hottest teams in all of basketball. They've won eight of their last 10. Um, and this mm -hmm. is a team where I look at, there's some history here. You know, not all the players are the same, but, you know, I remember, I'll never forget the Kawhi shot. The one that bounced, hit the rim 10 different times and dropped when the, when the Raptors ended up winning the finals. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying the Sixers on paper should be the better team, but how much faith can we have in James Harden and Doc Rivers in the playoffs? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you can't forget Doc in there. Um, you you have to tread lightly, uh, definitely, especially with James Harden. You know, right when he joined the Sixers, he was blazing hot. They went undefeated. Everyone was like, this is the best decision the Sixers have ever made. But it's kind of trailed off a little bit right in time for the playoffs, as he typically does. But you have to put your faith in the MVP, which you should definitely win, Embiid. Um, he could be enough to carry this team. Um, and that's who you have to put your faith in because Doc and James Harden's hamstring. I don't, I don't know. Fingers crossed. <laughs> How sustainable is the Raptors short rotation? They're one of the most, they're one of the shortest rotations in all of basketball and, and elite players. When you go through, you have shooting of Gary Trent and OG and and Pascal Siakam uh, and Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> They've got a couple bench pieces, but by and large, their starters are playing 35 plus minutes a game. How sustainable is that for a playoff series? It, all of these games are so grueling and such a grind. It is such a grind. And, you know, it has to, it, a lot of people always think about the matchup in one game or just looking at it, you know, 
roster for roster, it's a seven game series. Who is going to last the longest? And not only that, you have like five more seven game series after that. So as long as they can stay healthy, um, that's going to be the key. But hopefully the, the coaching staff can be able to manage that a little more. And I'm sure they're talking to their bench players saying, you have to step up. We need a break. If we're up by 12, 15, we're going to try to get that lead so we can get a break. That's that's going to be their goal. Do the Sixers win the series? Yes, I'm going to say yes. Okay, I like. I think to me, that might be the best first round series. Well, it's going to yeah. be Celtics-Nets, and we'll get to that next right now. I mean, the Celtics at one point during the second half of the season are saying, we might be the best team. If you're a Celtics fan, say this is a team that's headed for the finals and they have mm-hmm. a potential of getting the one seed in the East and they're clicking on all cylinders. The Derek white trade was a tremendous acquisition at the deadline. And now all of a sudden yes. they're without Robert Williams, who we don't know. Woj said there's a good chance a possibility. He comes back in the first round, but that's not a certainty with the meniscus injury. Yeah. And they're playing the nets in the first round, maybe the best seven seed ever with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. How should Celtics fans be feeling about this one um, ahead of what will be a grind of an Eastern Conference playoffs if they're able to even get beyond the Nets? If I'm a Celtics fan, which I'm the opposite, I'm a Lakers fan, but I would be nervous because you have to kind of throw seeds out the window right now. The Nets aren't really a seven seed. They had the weirdest season uh, with Kyrie and James Harden and everything. They're they're not a seven seed. They are a really good team. And I'm sure Celtics fans were watching that playing game, be shaking in their boots, being like, oh my God, this is not who we wanted. We should have tanked out of that second seed so we would avoid them at all costs. But they're not. So we're going to get multiple storylines here. We're going to get Kyrie playing his ex-girlfriend and the Celtics and we're going to get all of that. He's going to get the booze. He's going to have to play against, you know, Celtics home fans. But also we're going to get it, you know, the last time Jason Tatum played the Nets, he scored 55. And can he keep doing that? I don't think that's feasible. I think Jason Tatum needs help and he's not going to be able to score 55 points each time that he plays the Nets. It's, it's not going to happen. So other teammates are going to have to step up. Is that Jalen Brown dropping 40 sometimes? Is Al Horford, <clears throat> excuse me, is Al Horford going to be able to do something? With Robert Williams missing, that is a huge missing piece to me. And I don't, I don't see them rallying through it, but regardless, it's going to be a very good series. I think this is going to be my favorite series. Are you taking, are you taking the Nets to win? Yes, I am. Wow. I don't I think it's hard. It's it hard to beat Kyrie and KD when they're playing like this. The defense that KD is playing right now, the defense that the Nets are playing, I, I think it is going to have to take Jason Tatum scoring 40 plus every game. And I don't think that's feasible. I take the Nets over that happening. I think even without Robert Williams and the Celtics are the favorite in the series, they're minus 140 to win the series. The Nets at plus 120. I think they... They should be Uh able to survive. That won't make it easy. They're the deeper team. They're the better defensive team. But when you talk about the two best players in the series, they both play for the Nets and Kyrie Irving and and Kevin Durant, as you said. I think this is a huge opportunity. We've seen moments of where Jason Tatum looks like a top five player in the league. But he hasn't had those moments in the postseason. 
And what better way to start putting your name in the conversation than beating a Nets team? Like, like you said, they're not a seven seed. They have the weirdest season we've ever seen. And that's <laughs> why a number of experts are picking them to win in this series. Should you go toe-to-toe, bucket-for-bucket with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and carry the Celtics team through this series? Immediately, you change the narrative around your name in terms of the national conversation. So I do think this series, if one player can improve his stock from a, just a player power rankings, national conversation standpoint in uh, nationwide, I think it's Jason Tatum here in this first round. Now, you mentioned they should have mm-hmm. tanked. And had they tanked and lost that last game in the three seed, they would have been gifted the Bulls. And you look at the, the series prices for the Celtics and Nets, where it's minus 140 and plus 120. The Bucks massive favorites, as they should be. They're minus 120 to win the series. The Bulls at plus 750. Uh, I think a lot of people expect this series to be a sweep in favor of Milwaukee, who have certainly got their swagger back as the defending champs. I want to know about this Bulls team. What changed for them? Because they were one of the the biggest Cinderella's of the early season. It was them and the Cavs. Cavs obviously fighting Mm -hmm. for their playoff lives on Friday. Um, And then the Bulls now, the conversation isn't, can they beat the Bucks in a series? It's, can they at least steal one game and not get swept? What happened to them? That's a great question because I was drinking the Bulls Kool-Aid. I was like, I want the Bulls to be national champions. Like, I want DeMar DeRozan to be an MVP. He was playing, you know, MVP caliber basketball. I think it. a lot of their pieces, you know, I think they had the best free agency uh, in the offseason, and that really showed early in the season when they were hitting their stride. But they had injuries. Um, I think Lonzo was a bigger piece to this team than we kind of gave him credit for because now that he's gone, I don't feel like it's the same team um, now that he's injured. So Caruso is missing. Zach Levine missed, I think, 15 games. So they didn't really get the flow, uh, the same flow that they had in the beginning of the season. So now it's like, can you piece it together for one game? I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I believe more in DeRozan than that. I think his pride is going to be stronger than that. Um, but the Bucks are hitting the opposite. They are in good stride. They are like, we could go back to back. We could win this all again. We have the same team, same pieces. We have experience together as a full unit here. So that is going to be hard to beat. But I think DeRozan at least gets one game, just mid-range only. <laughs> it's funny when you mentioned Lonzo Ball. I, I couldn't agree more. And you think Kobe White is on this roster. He is a former first-round pick. He should be able to fill those shoes. And, and like you said, evidently yeah. could not do so. Let's move over to the West. We'll skip the Suns and whoever they end up playing and end up smoking in the first round and start with, I, I think, a, a low-key intriguing series with the Mavericks and Jazz. The Mavs, the four seed, the Jazz, the five. But the Jazz, overwhelming favorites. Minus 300 to win this series. The, the Mavericks at plus 240. Mm. These two teams are interesting to me because they're sort of in this like Blazers type rut, like good, not great. Yep. How do you yep. get over that hump? And, and the Mavs are so weird to me because they run back the same team year in and year out. And you think, what did they do in the off season? I mean, I know this year they had the mm-hmm. Dinwiddie trade at the deadline. Who's He's still not playing big minutes. He's coming off the bench. It's But it's been the same guys you see. It's Dorian Finney-Smith. It's Jalen Brunson. Uh, it's Luka. And yet somehow they're the four seed again. What does this team do in the offseason? Why does it feel like this is always the same crew with them? 
I couldn't agree more. I was thinking the same thing. It's it's just going to be kind of middle of the pack for especially the Mavs. They are going to have to make a huge jump. And I think it's going to come from Luca, right? It's going to come from Luca being like, I'm tired. I want to win. <laughs> like, how can you guys set me up to win? Who can you bring around me to win? They thought it was Porzingis. That was a dud. Um, Dinwiddie is good for a couple game winning shots here and there, but again, it's the playoffs. It's different. This is a whole new season. Luca has receipts to show that he's great in the playoffs, but he also has receipts that he can't do it alone. Um, and that's going to be the, the biggest deal for them for the jazz. You know, they work well as a unit, and we know that this is a team. You know what you're going to get with the Jazz. You know that you're going to get out of the first round, but after that, it gets a little blurry. It's like gray area because you know that other teams are better. They have, if you go roster for roster spot, position by position, they have better people that can beat the Jazz. So both of these teams, I can see for the next four seasons being these exact spots in the playoffs if they don't make huge changes. And again, it's going to come from the superstars being like, I need some help. Donovan Mitchell, he's like, trade Rudy Gobert. <laughs> if they don't go past the second round, it's going to have to be the superstars making those calls. And I think Luca is, is going to be Mark Cuban on speed dial if they get bounced this first round. Yeah, I think to me... If you're the Mavs, I just look at that roster and think they're overachieving because they have a superstar who is just so great in the top echelon of NBA stars, but there's not a ton around mm -hmm. them. I look at the Jazz and say, <coughs> why couldn't this team win the Western Conference? You've got an alpha score in Donovan mm -hmm. Mitchell. We've seen how clutch he can be in that series last year with the Nuggets. They've got Mike Conley who yeah. can still fill it up and hit a clutch bucket, but the veteran presence is there. Rudy Gobert is the defensive player of the year seemingly every year. And they've got role players like Royce O'Neal who can defend, two-way two guy, can extend the floor to a degree. Probably they wish he would have, uh, was a bit better of a three-point shooter. And then Bojan Bogdanovic yeah. who can fill it up on a given night. They've got bench scoring and Jordan Clarkson who's one of the best six-man scorers in the NBA. You've Amazing. got bench rim, de yeah. rim defending with Hassan Whiteside. Like, this is a team that, why shouldn't they be able at least to give the Suns a series? And so I am curious mm -hmm. to see how this plays out because it does feel like it's time for the Jazz Again, sort of like it was for the Blazers year in and year out. Are you going to do it or not? Because if you don't do it this year, it is sort of like you mentioned with maybe Rudy Gobert. Time to blow it up a bit. Um, Warriors, the three seed. Yeah. They're at minus 230 to beat the Nuggets, the six seed. Uh, the Nuggets plus 190 in this series. Um, do you think Steph Curry plays? Does he play from the jump? What are your expectations for him? And, and can they beat the Nuggets? Uh, and Nikola Jokic, a guy who has dominated the Warriors, the team that's thin on the inside, you know, can they beat him or beat him, I guess it is. He is the team. Beat the Nuggets without Yeah, staff. he is the team. Yeah. <laughs> it would have to be beating him. I, I think that would have to be the game plan. We have to make sure somebody else beats us. Will that happen? No, because Jokic is an MVP. He's still in the MVP conversation this year. He's an amazing, amazing player. And um, for the Warriors side, I think Steph sees, you know, if they're struggling the first couple games, I think he comes back. But um, we think about the Warriors and their, their three, you know, three stars and Draymond, Clay, and Steph. And the thing that they haven't played a lot this year together, but the thing that I keep coming back to is their experience. The experience of them playing together. The Nuggets have also kind of like 
kind of succeeded, kind of been low, kind of have gotten swept, kind of have come back. Like they have been up and down in the playoffs just from storyline wise. So can this be the year? I, I think that the Nuggets win this, even if Steph comes back or not, because Jokic has been so dominant and they also just have that confidence. I always factor that into who has the most confidence coming into this. Warriors fans are nervous. They're like, can Jordan Poole help us? <laughs> like, can we put all of our, our eggs in Jordan Poole's basket? But I think if, if I had to choose, I'm going with Jokic and I'm riding with him. I love that. Okay, if you listen to Jordan, plus 190, huge underdog in the series, but great value. I agree. Uh, the, the Warriors, while top-heavy and the superstars in the experience, a very flawed team. I am with you there. And another interesting wrinkle, mm -hmm. does Jamal Murray potentially make a return? Uh, that is a, is, a, is a layer of this oh, series that we don't know. And I think uh, just looking through tweets, Jamal Murray returning midway through the series versus the Warriors is a scenario that wouldn't shock Nuggets president Tim Connolly. So that's out there in the world Jeez, um, oh, but, but there's so many card. of those storylines. Yeah. Who can come back? Who's going to make a return? Oh yep. my goodness. I love it. It's like a movie script. <laughs> Let's finish with the Grizzlies and the T-Wolves. Um, the Grizzlies, the two seed, uh, one of the best teams throughout the league all year long with John in the lineup, without John in the lineup. They've been incredibly resilient. They're a very well-built uh, team, very diverse team. Mm -hmm. They're deep. They've got bench scoring, um, role players all over the place. And the T-Wolves, who are top-heavy with their stars, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, uh, and Anthony Edwards, uh, the, the latter two dominated that game against the Clippers earlier in the week to get the, to get the seven seed. They're plus 280 in the series line. The Grizzlies at minus 360. I think that the T-Wolves are annoying and they can be a nuisance and they can potentially take this five <laughs> or six games. I'm assuming you're taking the Grizzlies. So I want to skip ahead to how seriously are you taking the Grizzlies as potential title contenders coming out of the Western Conference? Yeah, I, um, I'm i surprised the T-Wolves are even playing in this. Didn't they win the championship the yeah, other night? Yeah, they like, did. You know, <laughs> let them have their fun, Jordan. Let them have their fun. Oh, my gosh. Pat Bev was just too much. It that was, annoyingness, It was Pat though. Bev's championship. It was Pat Bev. Without it was. question, it, it was, was Pat Bev's championship. <laughs> I don't think he, he could probably retire after that game and be like, my mission here on Earth is I've, I've done. I'm done here. Oh my gosh. Seven points and all good old Pat Bev, really a, a stat <laughs> stuffer. But, uh, I love the Grizzlies. I love the Grizzlies. And the most important thing is with or without jaw, what you just said, they have showed consistency and that is huge all season long. We just talked about all these teams that were hot at the start and then slowed down and then slow at the start and then sped up. The Grizzlies have been great all year and have forced us to pay attention and forced us to make them a title contender. I love a, an idea of the series of the Suns and Memphis. And it's like, you know, Chris Paul, will he get the championship or Ja, you know, the new face of the NBA? Like, that is what sign me up, give me the popcorn. I want to watch that. And Memphis, just as a whole, I think they have all the pieces. I think they have. The energy on defense, they have fast breaks, they have everything. And as long as no one gets frustrated by Pat Bev, as long as Cat was really frustrated and flustered from the Clippers, so I think he's going to fold again. But as long as nobody, they, they just know that Pat Bev is running around, not doing nothing, 
then they can they can go through this easy. His, his sole purpose <laughs> on the basketball court is just to get under your skin and cause chaos. And you know he's going to try to They're play that game players. with Ja. <sighs> they are the worst players. 100% the worst players. And I do expect Ja to eat his lunch all series long. Um, yeah. We've gone through all of the teams. The, the two we didn't really talk about were the Suns and the Heat. Um, but I do want to ask you for, for getting you out of here. Is it a foregone conclusion that the Suns and Bucks are going to meet once again in a rematch of last year's NBA Finals? You know, I just feel like if you would have asked me that at the start of this season, I would have said, oh, God, no. Suns and Bucks last year was a random scenario. It was because people were hurt. It was because things just fell in their favor. But now... The Suns are the real deal. They are a nearly perfect team. And I want Chris Paul to get his championship. And I think if they meet the Bucks again, he will get that. Now on the East, it's interesting over there. Sometimes I just look over there with like one eye open because I don't think it's a it's going to be an easy road for the Bucks to get back there. So to me, it's not a for sure on the East side. I definitely think the Suns are returning back to the finals. Good stuff. Last question. You said uh, when we first started chatting, Joel Embiid should win MVP. It's not a certainty because mm-hmm. it could be Jokic for a second straight season, but make your case. Why should it be uh, the big man in Philly? Pure dominance. <clears throat> Pure dominance all season long. The thing that we have talked about with Embiid, this isn't his first MVP conversation, but health has always been a part of that and has always taken away from his skill set inside the paint, shooting mid-range, pulling up from three. But he's healthy now. He has been healthy. He has been an anchor for the Sixers team. He is the reason why they are as far as they as they are and, and going to be contenders. James Harden has been an added bonus, but it's been Embiid's team. And again, going back to that dominance, he, every time you watch him, it doesn't feel like he can be stopped. And I know that we say that about Jokic too in his passing, but this is Embiid's year. He has been healthy, even though he's gone down a couple hard times and everyone has holded their breath. He has triumphed and I, I just love him for this. And I think it's his time. That's my case. I love Joel Embiid. <laughs> I love the process. He leads the league in scoring. He's one of the best personalities and trash talkers in the game. And yes. like you mentioned, Absolutely dominant on both ends of the floor. Amazing stuff. She is Jordan Liggins, the co-host of the Spinsters podcast on the Blue Wire Network and also a host for Nike's Jumpman and the Jordan brand. Follow her on Twitter at underscore Jordan Liggins. Jordan, this has been a joy. It's a super fun time previewing this first round. Let's chat again later on in the playoffs and see how things are playing out. But thank you so much for the time and the insight. Thank you so much. This is great. Let's give away some free money for getting to my winning pick for the show. New win bet users can receive $200 in free bets after they make their first qualifying deposit and place their first bet on win bet. Once your bet is settled, you'll receive four installments of $50 free bets. Go to winbet.com or download the win bet app for official rules and details. And this episode's secret word. Again, every episode of Bet to Win, we're giving away free money. We want you to have it. The secret word is Ant-Man. A-N-T-M-A-N. That, of course, for Anthony Edwards, who went off in that play-in game for the Wolves. It was pretty... I talked about it at the top of the show. That place was going nuts. 
What you love, you that means if that, if it's that way for a play-in game, it should be even crazier for the first round. And it just it, that, that that to me set the tone for what should be a really fun month and a half in the NBA playoffs because it felt like a finals atmosphere. You know what? If the Mariners play a wild card game, that's how it's going to feel. If they win a wild card series, I hope they celebrate like that. Act like you've been there before only means something if you've been there before. I'm more of the thought, act like you'll never be there again. There's my two cents of philosophy for you. Anyway, secret word, Ant-Man. Send that to WinBets. Uh, Twitter DMs uh, include your WinBet username and email. So Ant-Man, WinBet username, WinBet email. Slide it into the WinBet Twitter DMs for a $25 free bet. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get a couple winning picks in a row under our belt. I won on Monday. I'm going to finish the week strong, winning here on Thursday. I've got the Phillies money line plus 102 at the Miami Marlins. Here's why I'm taking them. Kyle Gibson on the bump for the Phillies. He was lights out in his first start. Seven innings, just two hits, no runs, 10 Ks against Oakland Athletics in his first start. And you say, Joe, but it's Oakland. Who cares? Well, Oakland's won three of four. They've got a better record than the Mariners and a lot of other teams. So big ups for Kyle Gibson in his first start. Uh, the Phillies are at plus money, though, in this game because the Marlins are at home, but it's more out of respect for Sandy Alcantara, who has been tremendous over his career. He's had a fantastic year last year. He was very average in his first start. Five innings, three hits, three runs. Two of them earned five walks and four Ks against the San Francisco Giants in his debut. Um, so I don't expect that. I expect him to find the strike zone better, but still a 3.6 ERA, uh, 3.68 ERA against the Phillies in four starts last season. So uh, certainly anything but lights out. And it's just easy to bet on the Phillies lineup uh, with Real Muto, Harper, Hoskins, and others. Uh, the Phillies are eighth in OPS for the first week of the season with the Marlins ranked second to last uh, at 29th. An easy bet for me, take that plus money and run Phillies money line plus 102 at the Marlins. That's going to do it for this episode of Bet to Win. We'll see you back here on Monday. Everybody enjoy your weekend. And we'll talk to you soon right here on Bet to Win.